Good morning. Good to see everybody this morning. Let's stand as we worship the Lord today in song. Um, just want to um, say we're thankful that you're here. We're thankful for those that are watching online. and uh, Just worship with us this morning as we uh, go to the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer first. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your op the opportunity for each one to be here. God, we pray. And, and for those that are not here today, for whatever reason, Lord, we lift them up to you. Uh, God, we're uh, thankful to just to come into this house to worship you. God, we just need your help to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, who is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, who is my song. You are good.
is holding on to me. God is holding on. When the night is holding on to me, God is holding on. Amen. Your strength that found me at my weakness Your grace poured out at my despair When I feel life is tired, burned out and defeated Your perfect love will find me Wild dreams were breathing to existence. My broken heart began to beat. There's no more fear in that my bitter disappointment became the greatest victory.
this quake before Moved by the sound of his voice And seas that are shaken and stirred Can be calmed and broken from my regard And through it all, through it all My eyes are on Well, with 
eyes are on you and through it all through it all it is well lord and through it all through it all my eyes are on you and it is well with Lord, we just have to come to say that we love you today. We thank you, God, that it is well. No matter what we're going through, no matter the pain we suffer, God, you are always there by our side. We thank you, God, that we can say that it is well. And God, we just praise you today. We pray for Brother Darrell as he comes to deliver your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you have your Bible, you can see on the screen Hebrews chapter 10. One through, uh, 11 through 14, Hebrews chapter 10, 11 through 14, being sanctified. And the Hebrew writer, the pastor uses those words in verse 14. So, read along. We're, I know I'm getting ahead of myself. We're working our way down to chapter 11. Obviously, we're in chapter 10. We're working our way to chapter 11. The chapter of faith, I can already feel myself getting there. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit to, today. But here we are, uh, Hebrews 10, 11 through 14. You can follow along with me. Uh, words will be on the screen. There's an outline of this message on the backside of your announcements if you'd like to use that. Every high priest, verse 11, every high priest stands. You see that? Every high priest stands, uh, ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices. Now, talking about the Old Testament priest, you, you know, in the temple or in the tabernacle before that. Every high priest stands, ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, whether it's a bull or goat, which can never take away sins. So he stands every day doing this, but can never take away sins. But this man, verse 12, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, that'd be himself, right? Forever sat down. You see that, right? The high priest stands, Jesus, after offering the sacrifice of himself, sits down at the right hand of God. From that time waiting, and that's this time, actually, that's what this time is. That time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. Now, uh, I've been talking a lot, it seems like. I really hadn't done it by intention. It just kind of worked out that way. I've been talking a lot the last few weeks about Satan's fall in Revelation chapter 12, uh, how he's still at work, and, you know, my 
all my good intentions and, and all my good e efforts aren't going to stop him. That, that doesn't mean that he has to win. It just means that he's not going to he's not going to stop. So he's active. He's angry because he knows that his time is short. He's not been made to footstool yet, but he will be. He knows that his time is short. He knows what the end is going to going to be. He knows what the end is going to be, just like we do. And, and he's angry about it. He's doing everything he can. So this is the time right there in verse 13. For, from, the, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. That's the time we live in. For by one offering he, Jesus, has perfected forever, made mature, perfected, brought to maturity. Those who are being sanctified. There's that word. I walked through the youth room this morning I never noticed it on the wall. I'm, I'm going to get to it here in a minute. But on the wall in our youth room, and I don't know when Aaron went through. When did you go through this? Uh, the, the sheet says, what is sanctification? Do you even remember? Two, two weeks ago? All right. I, I hadn't seen it, but I saw it this morning and took it off the, off the wall. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but it caught my eye, that word being sanctified. Okay. Now, I want to go back up to the... Uh, for, uh, let's not put this on the screen just yet as far as the, out, the outline. Uh, go back to where I brought your attention to the, the high priest stands, Jesus sits. Why does the high priest stand? Because in the temple, and we, I think this was back in chapter 1, verse 3, we brought attention to this. And I said, now we're going to talk about this later on. This is, this is then. This is that. Uh, the high priest stands. Why? Because there are no chairs in the temple. And the sanctuary, the temple, the tabernacle, they've got all of the, you know, the altar, the table of incense, the menorah, no chairs. There's no place for the, the high priest to sit. Why? Because his work is never done. That's the point. Because his work is never done. Every sacrifice he makes, every sacrifice you bring to him, everything he does, the, the work is not ever done. It can never, and we talked about this, we'll talk about this some more in the few weeks to come before chapter 11. We've talked, we've just really been concentrating on, on that. Uh, the sacrifices, it just, they just didn't work. That's the whole point of it all. It didn't work. And that's why the New Testament's, the Old Testament's there to show us that it doesn't work. But this sacrifice that Jesus made, see the Old Testament priest sacrificing every day, no place to sit, work was never done. But Jesus, after one sacrifice, sat down. Why? Because his work's done. Because his work's done. That part of the work is done. I'm going to make a, dis make a distinction there. One part of the work is done. And the distinction is here. But there's still this sanctification. I'll get, I'll get to that. But one part of the work is done, and that's the payment for our salvation is done. Okay, He doesn't have to do it again. Not necessary to do it again. I want to go and use a term that Jesus uh, uses in John chapter 3 when talking to, talking to Nicodemus. He said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You are familiar with that. You must be born again. Okay, and I want to concentrate on that. I want to use that to kind of help us wrap our head around that this sacrifice that Jesus made is, is done, is complete. He can sit down. No, no need to do it again. Born again. Now, 
trying to get you to think a little bit and kind of interact a little bit in a way to get you to, to thinking. And Dee Dee reminded me that I send this, uh, I, I thought this would be a surprise to you and you wouldn't know the an answer to it, but she reminded me that I send this out as an email. And so some of you have read the message ahead of time and you've already had a chance to look at it. The first question is about you being born. I'm sure almost everybody in the room knows their birthday. Okay, if you don't know your birthday, that may be an issue. Okay, I'm sure most of you know your birthday. Just out of curiosity, this has no spiritual... Listen, don't worry if you get this wrong, okay? You don't have to know this. But the question, uh, when is your birthday? Okay, most of you know that. Do you know the minute or the hour that you were born? Now, don't... Okay, okay go ahead. And, okay, <laughs> since some of you are. Do you know the minute and the hour that you were born? Raise your hand and leave them up because I'm curious. Okay, uh, that's about what I thought. Most of you don't. Most, most of you don't. And some of you are saying, what, what do you ask? You know, uh, do you know the minute and the hour you were born? I don't. I have n no idea. I barely know my birthday, and uh, I could ask my mom. But I, I, my, oddly enough, I'm sure my wife knows uh, all the, the times the children were born. I don't know that the children do. H Hannah, do you, do you know? All right. I don't know if the other th three would know. I know, I know. You know yours because you cheated and asked ahead of time. Okay. Okay, this is live, so we need to keep on going. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. No, Dee Dee knows the, the the times all the all the children were uh, born. I I would have no clue. Just curious. Just just curious. I don't know if people keep up with it. Here's the thing. Jesus, and Jesus used it. He used the term born again for a reason. Because this is a part of salvation that's immediate. Let's go ahead and uh, go ahead and go to the next screen, I think. Being born again is a one-time, immediate salvation experience. Okay? We're going to get on to sanctification, but being born again is a one-time, immediate salvation experience. Now, I realize that there's a nine-month preparation. And, you know, it's not hard to to take it from the physical to the spiritual and say, I, yeah, I kind of get that, that, that preparation time to being born. But the born-again experience, and, and Jesus, I think, used that analogy of the, the physical to the spiritual on purpose for, for reasons just like this. There's a lot of analogies there. But, it, you know, there's a minute, a second, a, a specific amount of time, or a spe specific time, you were born. You were not born. Now you are born. That's it. Okay. Uh, I know there's a lot of preparation coming to it, but there's that time you're born again. You're born. There's that time you were, you were born physically, and there's that time you're born again spiritually. You aren't, and now you are. It's done. Okay. This is, I know this is insane, but some of our spiritual thinking is insane. But none of us, in the physical analogy, being born, there aren't any of us who's question, well, was I really born? You know, of course you don't do that. Why? Because you're alive, you know. But for some reason, and I've done this, I've been through this, I've gotten through this. But we question the born-again experience. 
And we need, to, we need to stop doing that. There was that time where I was lost and now I'm found. It, uh, Jesus gives the analogy. You remember lost. I'm going to get my, my order right. Lost uh, coin. Lost sheep, lost coin. Lost son. And there's a time when the sheep's lost and it's found. I found it. Time the coin was lost, but I found the coin. The time the son was lost, but the son came home. He's, he's found again. There's that, there's that time I was lost and now I'm found. I was lost, but now I'm saved. I've been born again. It happened at a certain time, at a certain place. It's done. It's finished. Jesus sits down. Because the work is done. I don't have to be born again twice. I've been born again once. Once is enough. And I don't need to question that. I don't need to go back to that. Why? Because born again is a one-time immediate salvation experience. Jesus did it one time and he sat down. He doesn't have to do it again. And you don't have to go back through it again. But sanctification. And I think sometimes we confuse the two. You see, I mean, it's, an, it's the obvious analogy that I was born. I don't need to go back and question. I was born in a physical sense. I, don't have, I never go back and question that. But I was born at a certain time in a certain place. After that, what? A life. Now I've got to live my life. The, the born-again experience is, the born experience is past. It's done. But now I've got to live my life. That's sanctification. That's where we, when I say leave the born again experience, I don't mean that we do away with it. or I just mean we move on. We move on. We go on. We don't go back to it again. We don't have to revisit that again. We move on just like I don't, I don't ever think about my physical birth. Ever. Why? Because I don't remember it. I don't ever think about that. Why? I've got too much life to live, you see? And that's what sanctification is. And that's where that, if, you, if we will look that last verse, for by one offering he has perfected forever, matured, those who are being sanctified. He has paid the price for those who are being sanctified he paid the price that's in the past it's already done but being sanctified is this process that we're in right now now some in the, there, there's only going to be two types in the room there are some in the room perhaps who have never been born again you've never taken that step you've never received never received Jesus as your Savior. You've, you've never received him. You've never, you've never trusted him to save you, to forgive you of your sins. You've never been born again. But most of us in the room have been. We have been through that. We took that step. We, uh, we did that. It's done. So where are we at? We are in that sanctifying process. We're living our life now. We're not going back to the born again. We're living our life now. That's me. I have been both of those. I was that young man 
who was not born again. I received Jesus as my Savior. He saved me. I'm born again. From that point on, sanctification, this process, this lifelong thing that God is doing with me. Sanctification is a lifelong salvation experience. Um, I was going to read this later, but this sheet that I got off the uh, youth room board, this won't be on a screen because I just did this 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 morning. What is sanctification? Sanctification is a lifelong process where God works with us to make us more like Jesus in our thoughts, attitudes, and actions. It's the lifelong process where God works with us to make us more like Jesus in our thoughts, attitudes, and actions. That's where I am. And that's where a lot of you are. You're in that sanctifying uh, process. We're not going through the salvation again. We're going through this sanctification. I'm going to go th through these pretty fast, these uh, two things on the screen. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. Okay, that's the past. But he said, it is finished. He didn't say, I am finished. The work that he had to do, the work that he did, it's done. Your salvation is made available to you. He doesn't have to go back and do it again. But he's not finished. That particular work, that saving so you could be born again work, is done. But he's not done. And that's where the sanctifying process comes in. The next screen, if you have been born again, that is finished. But you are not finished. I don't feel like I'm finished at all. In fact, sometimes I feel like I'm just getting started. I feel like, uh, I don't feel, often I don't feel like I'm at the end at all. I feel like I've, I've got a long way to go. And that's this sanctifying lifelong relationship with Jesus where he's changing me and trying to trying to make me make me more like him and and anyway we're going to talk a little bit more about that and that's how we're going to finish this up I'm going to ask you to turn or watch the screen John chapter 15 1 through 5 as we cue in on key in on this sanctifying work so if you've been born again you are like me you are in this uh, time where Jesus is trying to change you, m mold you, make you. I'm going to use an analogy Jesus used about how he's, uh, he's trying to prune you. I'm the true vine, Jesus said, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me, that's us, that does not bear fruit, he, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, that's what that's, I'm trying for that to be me. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, uh, Matt, let's go back to verse 2 just a second. I'm going to testify to you that every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. That's me. Are you there with me? <laughs> are, are you, is, is that you? That every branch that bears fruit, he's pruning it, that it may bear more fruit. And I hope that explains a lot. Verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken. You're already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me. 
and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, stay on the vine, hang on. Sometimes I, I like this, the analogy, just hang on. Just, what's that branch got to do? Just hang on. Just hang on. Uh, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Isn't that true? Without me you can, you can do nothing. Okay? The sanctifying process of Jesus taking us, molding us, making us. I know very well what it means to be a Christian and... I'm, I've worked through that doubt of my salvation. I've worked through that need, needing to needing to revisit or think about the born again born again experience. I, I'm 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 past that. I'm in that sanctification mode where He's changing, pruning me. You know what pr pruning means? Clipping off what what's not good, uh, trying to make me mold me. I'm in that spot right now. I want you to know if you've come to the Lord's house this morning or if you're watching, you may be wondering like I do often, God, what in the world's going on? Lord, what in the world is going on? What is happening? Why am I going through this? Okay, obviously there's no way I know the answers to all that. A lot of the things we go through are just because of, of dumb things that, that we've done. But a lot of things we're going through are, is this act of sanctification where the Lord is taking us, he's making us, he's pruning us back, he's changing us. He's, to prune means you cut some things off, you, you take some things away, and that's a very painful thing. And I want you to know that without knowing exactly and specifically, of course, exactly what God's trying to do with you. I do know that if you're a Christian, that he's in the act of making you right now. That's, that's what he's doing. He's in the act of trying to form you, make you into someone that he can use. I tried my best to complicate this. <laughs> I tried my best to come up, you know, with a long list of things to say. And the more I worked on trying to complicate it, the more I felt the Holy Spirit telling me, quit doing that. Just make it as simple as you possibly can. I'm going to make this just as simple as I possibly can. And I believe this is what the Holy Spirit's trying to do with me. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to see if any of you agree that maybe he's trying to do this with you that maybe this explains some things that are going on with you right now. I think one of the, the bedrock things that the Lord wants from me is this. Find out what he wants me to do. Do it. As simple as that. Now, I've tried to complicate that. I've tried to put that into a list of ten things. And every time I tried to do that, the Lord said, that's not what I told you to do. <laughs> you do what I tell you to do. You do what I tell you to do. That's it. It's not more complicated than that. 
But there's two things to it. I guess that's as complicated as, as I can make it. Find out what Jesus wants you to do. Do it. Okay. Find out what Jesus wants you to do. That's a pretty big step, though. It's not complicated, but I, don't, I wouldn't say it's easy. It's just not complicated. Find out what Jesus wants you to do. You see, and I'm, I'm going to put an emphasis on Jesus. Not what other people think you should do. Not what other people want you to do, necessarily. Now, they may be the same thing. That, that'd be great. But so often it's, it's not. It, other people have expectations. Other people want me to do things. No, find out what Jesus wants you to do. Now, it's not only what other people may be trying to get you to do or want you to do, what you want to do or not do. What your will is. To be like Jesus means that we have to be like Jesus, which means his prayer to the Father, Father, not my will but yours be done. How many times, can you remember, how many times the disciples would come to, come to Jesus and try to get him to go here or go there, and he'd say, no, that's not the Father's will. That's not what God sent me to do. And then he ultimately prayed again. Father, not my will, but you be done. So find out what Jesus wants you to do. Now that's a pretty, that's not a complicated step, but that's a pretty big step, and that's going to take a little bit of time right there. Find out what Jesus wants you, not what other people, and not what you, what Jesus. Find out what Jesus wants you to do. Now, do it. Do it. That's sanctification. Learning to find out what Jesus wants you to do, and then do it. Now, that doesn't sound very uh, complicated. It isn't, but it's not easy. How many Christians have I heard say this? Well, I know I should, but. I know I'm supposed to, but. I know I shouldn't, but. Quit saying that. <laughs> Find out what Jesus wants you to do now. Do it. Do it. It's amazing how the relationship that between God and yourself and Jesus and you will change and mature and grow as you start to do what he asks you to do when you know what he wants you to do. Do it. Do it. It's just as simple as that. You know what, this morning, this is not a big thing at all, but uh, I knew when uh, the song It Is Well came up, I knew what I was going to do. I was going to come to an altar and, and uh, pray. But I hesitated. And some of you beat, beat me there. You know how it makes me feel? Terrible. Quit hesitating. Quit hesitating. Quit waiting when you know. Do it when you know. Now, if you don't know, find out. But once you know, stop waiting. Stop hesitating and do it. Now, here, here's what I, but wait a minute, I might make a mistake. And God has two words for you, so what? So what if you make a mistake? You did it with a good heart. And, you, and you'll learn. I won't make that, I won't make that mistake twice. 
Oh, I, I met, well, that's how you learn. Well, maybe I didn't hear, but that's how you learn. But stop hesitating. Find out what Jesus wants you to do. Do it. Do it. Okay? That's, that's a big, huge part. That's just a bedrock, really uncomplicated thing. That's what sanctification is. As he takes me along, he shows me, he teaches me, he speaks to me, he leads me, he guides me, and along the way I learn to do it. That's leading up to Hebrews chapter 11, faith. And when we get there, we're going to concentrate on that. You've got to trust him, and then you've got to obey him, which is a big part. I mean, it's essential with trust that you obey him or you don't really trust him. Okay? I'm going to ask you to stand and the musicians come and we're going to have our prayer time right now. I'm going to ask the congregation to stand with me and us. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and there are two types in the room. Somebody here, it could be has never been born again. You've never asked Jesus to come into your heart and to save you. You've never repented of your sins and said, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I know I am and I confess to you that I am and I want you to save me. I want you to forgive me of my sins and save me. You've never done that. And I want to give you a chance to do that this morning. So there are some in the room who have never been born again. Most of us in the room have. And now we need to move on. We need to find out what is it, Jesus, that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to do? Some of you need to find that out. Jesus, what is it that you want me to do? And then the second part of that subgroup is... Now I need to do it. I do know what you want me to do, Lord. I just need to do it. I need to quit making excuses. I need to quit, I need to quit hesitating. I need to quit putting it off. I need to quit procrastinating. I just need to do it. That's where I am. Some, some of you, where you are, you, you need to know what he wants you to do. Some of you, where you are, you just, now you need to do it. If you have never been born again and you want to do that this morning, you come on up here and you ask Jesus to save you. If you have been born again and you just need help along this sanctifying life, you need help to know what it is he wants you to do or you need just that help to say, Lord, I've decided I'm going to do it. And you need to come and pray. Whatever the need might be, or there are other needs, Whatever the need might be, this is a prayer time. This is prayer need. You come and pray. As the band sings, plays, you, you come and pray as the Holy Spirit leads.